Ahoy, and welcome to the Jolly Reader. I'm your host, Captain Book. Okay, I just had headphones in while doing that, so it might sound really weird, and I didn't realize it until I was already talking. Okay, this is coming out on Wednesday instead of Tuesday, because my husband had Monday off for 4th of July, so to all my Americans out there, happy 4th of July weekend, and to all my British listeners, I'm very sorry. I'm teasing. But anyway, so I just took a Dexter day so I could spend time with my family and everything. So I appreciate that. And if you stay tuned to the outtakes, it includes saying that we think we have food poisoning right now. So I don't know how well this recording is going to go, but there might be a lot of breaks. You won't know because I'll edit it out. America, we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. At Grand Canyon University, we believe in equal opportunity, and the American dream starts with purpose. By honoring your career calling, you impact your family, your friends, and your community. The pursuit to serve others is yours. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Private. Christian. Affordable. Visit gcu.edu. So anyways, getting to the point, today we're covering part two of One of Us, is Lying by Karen M. McManus. So recap of part one. Five students are in detention. Simon, Bronwyn, Nate, Cooper, and Addie. Because their phones that didn't belong to them were found in their backpacks and some teacher that doesn't like technology sent them to detention. Simon drops dead because of an allergic reaction to peanut oil in a cup he drinks from in the classroom. The four others all have secrets and are all suspects in Simon's apparent murder. Bronwyn cheated in her science class. Nate's selling drugs even though he's on probation. Cooper's doping, but definitely not doping, but he is for sure cheating on his girlfriend. Addie cheated on her trash monster of a boyfriend, Jake. She confessed to Jake and he's furious. So there you go. Things to look forward to. More Tumblr posts, a budding romance, and Cooper's secret, his real one, is finally revealed. So part two is called Hide and Seek. Pages 107 through 213, and chapters 10 through 18. Chapter 10, Bronwyn, Monday, October 1st, 7.30 a.m. Okay, Bronwyn meets with her lawyer, who is Robin Stafford. She's nice, but definitely like a rich person lawyer with her Rolex and, you know, don't talk to anyone. Your parents are paying a lot of money. I'll get you out of this. So she tells Bronwyn and her parents that the police evidence is flimsy and circumstantial at best because they haven't made an arrest. And I mean, I could have told you that, right? So anyways, Robin doesn't believe that the police fully think that the four of them were involved in the murder plot. And she thinks that the police wanted to startle one of them into giving valuable information. She also thinks the case will be dropped and the death will eventually be ruled an accident. So Robin asks if Bronwyn has any type of relationship with any of the other students that were in detention. And she says that she's had a few classes with Cooper and her mom interrupts and is like, uh, you're close enough with Nate that he's shown up at the house three times. And the mom's like super irritated about it. And Bronwyn explains that the first time was to drop her off after detention, 
which we know. The second time was just to hang out. That's when he came and she played piano. And she doesn't know about the third time because no one let her talk to him because the dad just sent him away. Okay, so the lawyer suggests she doesn't interact with any of the detention kids because it will just give the police more ammo. Valid. Also, Robin asks if she's been communicating with any of the students via phone. And Bronwyn truthfully says no. For now. Okay, so anyways, this is good because the police could end up searching her phone and laptop. Bronwyn goes to school but is distracted. Probably because she's accused of murder. My notes don't say specifically. And she sees Nate go into a stairwell. So she follows him. And Nate asks if the police searched her house because they searched his. But like, obviously, he was accused of having selling drugs. But like the book's pointing out it's because of her rich privilege and all that. So anyways, Bronwyn asks why he came to her house the other night. And Nate says to apologize for stealing baby Jesus in the fourth grade nativity play. And Bronwyn laughs at this and they flirt a bit, blah, blah, blah. So Bronwyn pulls out her phone, but she realizes like, obviously that'd be a bad idea because the lawyer just told you not to text other people that were in attention. So Nate pulls out one of his new burner phones and he's like, don't worry, no one has the number yet. Like drug dealers aren't going to call you. That's like a really weird thing just to be like lightly joking about, but whatever. So he tells Bronwyn that he has the number and he will call her and she can answer or she can just not. It's up to her. Like, ooh. Okay, so anyways, Nate tells Bronwyn not to leave it laying around because the police can search her phone, but like not her whole house. So if they just take her regular phone, you know, I don't feel like I need to explain it. So anyways, Bronwyn kind of thinks to herself, she's like, I should get rid of this phone. But instead, she plays it in her backpack. But she's like, it's kind of suspicious that Nate has a bunch of extra phones. And that's how they ended up in detention in the first place. Okay, so the next section of this chapter is Cooper, Monday, October 1st, 11 a.m. So Cooper's dad is clearly freaking out about everything, but he hasn't asked if Cooper's doping or not, or like if any of this is true. Probably because like, I think the assumption is that Cooper feels like his dad thinks that it is true, but he doesn't want to know or something. But anyway, so Cooper is at school and they just got out of gym class and Jake just like straight punches TJ in the face and breaks his nose Like, to the point later on, we find out that TJ has to go to, like, a specialist over it. So, Cooper holds back Jake and realizes, like, uh, duh, the T was who Addie was hooking up with and cheated with is TJ. I don't know. Cooper's adorable and I love him, but, like, also super duper oblivious. So, Keely, if you don't remember, that's Cooper's girlfriend. It's like, how could she cheat? And Cooper's like, we don't know the whole story. Don't be freaking judgmental. So Cooper basically calls everyone at his lunch table hypocrites because they're all ignoring Addie and being mean to her when two other friends in the group were on Simon's app for like something similar that past month. And like there is one girl, I say her name later. I don't know. She specifically like cheats and hits on people that are have girlfriends and stuff. Anyways, at lunch, Cooper talks to Addie And basically just says, it'll all be okay, because, like, obviously they're going through this whole Simon situation together. Addie tells him he doesn't have to be nice to her, but he doesn't care what his friends think or whatever. So during this, Keely asks to see Cooper's phone to look at some picture to get an idea for Halloween costumes. It's like, big who cares, but it just... Cooper gives her his phone for a valid reason. Mistake, as we all know. So he gets a phone call while Keely's holding it from Chris. It's K-R-I-S. And Keely and her friend's like, who's that? And Cooper's like, uh, uh, some guy I know from baseball. And they're like, what guy spells Chris with a K? 
And Cooper's like, uh, he's German. <laughs> Cooper's like, I'll call him back later. So Halloween costumes, and they just like kind of forget about it. But to us, like he says to the audience, the reader, that he really wanted to answer the phone. And obviously he's lying about something. So Cooper has a meeting with his baseball coach. And they talk about like the colleges that are interested in giving Cooper a full ride. And Cooper's worried because of all this legal stuff going on with Simon's death and the rumors in Simon's final post that never went out about him being on steroids. So Cooper's leaving the coach's office because he has to go to a meeting with his lawyer. And he runs into Mr. Avery. So that's the teacher that was there during detention. And he, Mr. Avery's like clearly upset. And it's like, I don't understand you kids. So obsessed with your screens and gossip. And I have a note here that says like, I honestly don't remember what happens with this. But I wonder if something was written about Mr. Avery or if he's going to like lose his job. Like, I really, I don't know. He's not the killer, clearly, if I don't remember it. But like, I don't know. Something's like sketchy about that. So anyways... I just said too, like maybe he just feels responsible for Simon's death for taking all the phones in the first place, et cetera, et cetera. So Cooper's driving to the lawyer's appointment and he gets a text from his mom that says, Mina's at the hospital. Nona's had a, a heart attack. Nani? I don't know what he calls her. Anyways, grandma. His, his grandma had a heart attack. She's fine. No worries. Okay. Chapter 11, Nate, Monday, October 1st, 11.50 p.m. Late. So Nate texted all of his suppliers and said that he was out of commission for a while. And my note says, if you like Nate and Bronwyn, you're about to be annoyed. So Nate calls her and they're both basically admit that what was written about them was true, but neither of them killed Simon. And then Nate wants to know why Bronwyn believes him that he's not the killer. And she goes on to say, because of the way he tried to save Simon. Cause if you remember, like he was the one actively looking for the pen and like trying to get help and stuff. Bronwyn, also says because of the way Nate used to take care of his mom and she liked his mom and the mom liked her or whatever. So mid conversation, Nate gets a text from Amber who says you up letter you. I ranted about this last episode and Nate's about to reply, but Bronwyn keeps talking. So the conversation basically ends with Bronwyn saying that Nate's mom said that Nate only picked on her because he had a crush on her. And Nate confirmed us earlier like to the reader in this chapter that he did have a crush on her at that point. But his response to Bron was like, I don't know. He like plays this whole, I don't care. And I'm hard to get. And it's super annoying. So anyways, before they get off the phone, Bronwyn's like, well, I did have a crush on you back then for what it's worth. Bye. So after they get off the phone, Nate texts Amber back, come over. And he's like, Bronwyn's naive. She thinks there's more to me than that. Like, okay, tough guy. We get it. Addie, Wednesday, October 3rd, 7.50 a.m. Addie's sister is having her go to school and (laughs) the mom and dad are trash and they're fighting about how expensive the lawyer is and stuff. And she's like, my dad will pay for half of it and claim he helped even though he like doesn't even live here and he only cares about his other younger family. Anyways, so Addie gets to school and she sees Jake. Oh, this is terrible. So she says hi to him. Super awkward. Like, why is she even? Hey, I know you like were punching the wall last time we talked, but I just want to say hi. So... (laughs) Addie's like, um, are you ever going to talk to me? And Jake's just like, not if I can help it. And I'm not siding on him, but like she cheated on him. So I don't really know why she expects him to like talk to her. Cause clearly he's mad about it. So basically Addie's just being super pathetic and doesn't know who she is without Jake. You're going to hear that a thousand times this episode. It gets real old real fast. So the only thing she says she has working for her, her amazing long hair. That has a point. It's also said 50,000 times. 
So then Addie goes to her locker and she sees the word whore written on it. And she can tell the W is written like the way it's written. It was put there by her quote unquote friend, Vanessa. That's a girl I was saying that's like really tries to like cheat with people or whatever. So like it's funny because she was a part of a cheating scandal. And then she writes whore on Addie's locker for cheating. Anyways, Addie goes to the bathroom and she's crying in there for literally three class periods. That's so long. And then she says, like, the only person that looks worse than her is Simon's friend, Janae, who's been crying a ton, too. Rude. So then uh, Addie goes to leave school and she runs into TJ and she's, like, mad at him for no reason. Like, last time I checked, he didn't have a girlfriend when they hooked up and he didn't tell anyone and he's sorry. So he tells her that. He's like, I didn't tell anyone, I promise, or whatever, because, like, obviously he knows that Jake knows or whatever. So because he got punched in the face. And Addie's trying to figure out, like she's saying to us, she's trying to figure out how Simon knew because obviously she told Jake, but TJ thinks Jake found out. So I don't know, whatever. So TJ says that they were making out on a public beach before they went back to his place. So like anyone could have seen them. And Addie's realizing like now that Simon only implied that they had sex, but his information may have only been about them kissing. And she basically like outed herself about it. And then she goes on to tell TJ that the school is unbearable and her so-called friends probably won't even let her sit with them at lunch. Oh my gosh. And then he says, uh, you can sit with me next time. People are already talking. So like they might as well sit together. That never happens. Like in this section, at least I thought that was going to happen, but whatever. Chapter 12, Bronwyn, Thursday, October 4th, 1220 PM. Okay. Bronwyn's in the cafeteria with Maeve, her sister. And they see this post. It's a Tumblr account. It's like the unpublished until now entry that Simon had written before his death. So saying that Bronwyn cheated and Cooper's using steroids and Addie cheated and Nate's selling drugs or whatever. But then there's like also an added note on page 131. So at the bottom, it says... Did you think I was joking about killing Simon? Read it and weep, kids. Everyone in detention with Simon last week had an extra special reason for wanting him gone. Exhibit A, the post above, which he was about to publish on about that. Now here's your assignment. Connect the dots. Is everyone in it together or is someone pulling the strings? Who's the puppet master and who's the puppet? I'll give you a hint to get you started. Everyone's lying. Go. Whatever. Look a riddle, time for fun. Should we use a rope or gun? Okay, sorry, anyways. That's truly devious. Okay, so at the same time that this everyone's reading this entry, Bronwyn, Addie, Nate, and Cooper all get called to the principal's office. And she tells the principal, tells them that the Bayview police want to make the student body available for interviews starting tomorrow, which we haven't really heard anything else about that either. And we go like two more weeks. So then the principal's like, this is safe space and you guys can talk to me. And Bronwyn wants to defend herself, but Nate grabs her hand like, shut up under the table. (laughs) So the principal then conveniently for plot purposes has to take a phone call. So the four of them are left to talk alone. So they talk about how lots of people hated Simon. And then like Addie tells a story about how there's this kid named Aiden that went to school with her sister Ashton that transferred after he had a breakdown over Simon posting about him cross-dressing. And then Cooper brings up what Leah had said at the memorial. So this is the girl that was like, you guys are all hypocrites. And she like had a suicide attempt. So Bronwyn fills in the backstory for us. 
So she says that accidentally Bronwyn and Leah gave Simon the wrong date to join the Model UN and he missed the deadline because of it and couldn't participate. Then he went on like a rampage posting about Leah's sex life as revenge and he didn't have anything on Bronwyn at the time. And Bronwyn feels bad, of course, because Leah attempted suicide and Leah even asked Bronwyn if she gave him the wrong date on purpose at one point, which they didn't. It was actually an accident. So the principal comes back in the room and it's like, what were we talking about? And Cooper's like, we were talking about how like, we aren't going to talk to you about this. Like we all lawyered up. We're not telling you anything. So the principal leaves with like, okay, my door's always open. So later that night, Bronwyn's talking to Nate on the phone. He has called her around the same time the past four nights. And they've talked extensively about Nate's parents and their problems and Maeve's medical issues, etc. They watch movies together sometimes and it's her turn to pick and Bronwyn is talking through Simon's death or whatever before they start the movie and she's trying to figure out where they all were when they got caught with the fake phones and basically comes to the conclusion that they were all in different classes she briefly accuses Mr. Avery because he had like the most opportunity obviously but then she like quickly dismisses that he would but he has like no motive and then they just kind of like leave it at that and start the movie Just like FYI, there's like a lot of filler chapters because we're getting to know the characters a little more, but I promise like things start to go down. Chapter 13, Cooper, Friday, October 5th, 3.30 p.m. Okay, my first note, basically Cooper's grandma is awesome. She's in the hospital after her heart attack and asked for candy from both Cooper and his brother who are there and they don't have any. So she says, well, damn it, you boys are pretty, but you're not helpful from a practical standpoint which is just like fantastic. Then she gives the little brother money to go buy candies. And then she's like, you can keep the change. And then he leaves and she goes, off he goes to pat his pockets. Bless his mercenary little heart. Oh, I love it. So anyways, grandma talks to Cooper about everything going on. And she believes that he isn't juicing and he didn't kill Simon, obviously. And then she's like, tell me something I don't know. And he doesn't know what she means. So she brings up Keely. And Cooper basically says that Keely's super clingy. And grandma calls Cooper out. She's like, Keely's a beautiful girl, but if she's not who you love, she's just not. And that's fine. And then she says, I've been in the room when that girl calls or texts you and you always look like you're trying to escape. Then someone else calls and your face lights up like a Christmas tree. I don't know what's holding you back, but I wish you would stop letting it. Before Cooper can say anything, the grandma just says, like, we don't have to talk about it now, but you should probably like go find your brother, whatever. She's awesome. Nate, Friday, October 5th, 1130 p.m. Nate comes home early, early. You guys are like in high school anyways from a party at amber's house and his dad's awake and asking nate if nate's seen his phone because it's been ringing off the hook but nate doesn't believe that and goes to his room i kind of feel like that's going to come back around like the police or somebody's been trying to contact him but i don't know oh yeah i do know well it's not confirmed we'll bring it up later anyways so nate calls bronwyn and they're watching a scary movie and they go back and forth about how bronwyn should sneak out to watch the movie at his house and he asks if she wants to see his lizard and then explains like a real lizard, not a pickup line. And he's still like telling us that he does think of her in that way, though. And ultimately, she decides she can't sneak out for obvious reasons. So during this conversation, Amber keeps texting Nate and Bronwyn's like, your phone has been going off a lot. And Nate's annoyed because he's like, Bronwyn's not allowed to be jealous. I'm a rolling stone. I can do whatever I want. And then Bronwyn's like, it's not customers, is it? And he's like, no. 
and he tells her he stopped selling. So Bronwyn says she's running out of minutes on her prepaid phone and he tells her to hang up so they can talk about getting her a new one tomorrow, which is a Saturday. And Nate like makes a big deal about her hanging up so she doesn't waste the minutes. But like, couldn't he just hang up the phone to be the same thing? So anyways, they get off the phone and they both go to sleep. Chapter 14, Addie, Saturday, October 6th, 9.30 a.m. It just says, okay, what? <laughs> That's funny. Okay, so Ashton, the sister, is trying to figure out what Addie likes. Oh, I remember. Okay, what Addie likes not related to Jake. So Addie says, quote, unquote, what did I do before Jake? I was 14 when we started dating. Still partly a kid. Partly? No, definitely. Like, I may be old, but the law backs me up. You are a child then and now. Hello. 14. Barely, partly a kid? Please. So anyways, sorry, 14-year-olds out there. I appreciate you listening, and you're definitely adult enough to listen to this. But in this circumstance, Addie is still acting like a child. Anyways. So her, the sister and her settle on riding bikes. <laughs> But before that, Ashton confesses that her husband, Charlie, has a girlfriend and she caught him with this girl last weekend. So she'll be staying with the mom and Addie for a while. So Addie tells Ashton the real reason she lied to the officer about being in the nurse's office the day of Simon's death. And she said she was there to get Tylenol for Jake. And she knew if she said that her sister would be disappointed that she's a doormat or whatever. Stupid. So they ride bikes and Addie feels free, blah, 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 whatever. They stop at a coffee shop and Addie's texting Cooper and he's asking if she's going to some party tonight. That comes up later. She doesn't go though. She says she doesn't think she's invited and Cooper like doesn't understand because everyone still likes him and half the school thinks he used steroids and half don't and he doesn't really he hasn't really said either way but he's still like golden boy whatever. So she wonders if she could have bluffed her way through it like kind of like he is. He's not though because we know he didn't use steroids. Anyways and then... Addie thinks if she was going to the party, she would have to wear something. Jake picked out, stay as late as he wanted, and not talk to anyone who might make him mad. Gross. And then she's like, but I still miss him, but I don't miss that. Then you don't miss him, trash monster. Bronwyn, Saturday, October 6th, 10.30 a.m. My goodness. Bronwyn goes to pick up Maeve at the library and finds her on a computer. Okay, so first of all, to log into the computer, Maeve stole a library card from a five-year-old, which is fantastic and totally realistic because I went to the library with my five-year-old and I was like, don't lose your library card. And then like five minutes later, I was like, where's your library card? And she's like, oh my gosh, I lost it. And it was just laying in the middle of an aisle. Anyways. Okay, so Maeve got into the admin panel for about that and she found something odd uh, about Cooper's post. So it was date stamped days after everyone else's for the night before Simon died. And there's an earlier file with his name on it, but it's encrypted, so she can't open it. Kind of asked my husband about this. It's like semi-valid. It's also really weird that he has an encrypted file about this. Anyways, so Maeve needs to come back with a thumb drive to download it. Don't know if she did that or not. Also, Simon has a username that he uses for about that or whatever. And she also, she like Googled it and found out a bunch of 4chan threads. I don't really know what that is. But anyways, she hasn't had time to read them yet. She does later. So Maeve explains that she saw Simon at the library working on about that like a couple months ago or whatever. So after he left, she used the browser history to find 
the link to like the admin page and she didn't have a plan at the time but thought one day she might dismantle the whole thing or wipe it clean or something. So Bronwyn asks if this is about what happened freshman year and Maeve says you're the only one who still thinks about that and this whole thing goes unexplained and the subject changes. But we find out this section what they're talking about. So they go to pick up the phone Nate left Bronwyn in a mailbox of a house in a subdivision that's still being built which it seems like a really roundabout way to give her a phone. But anyways, when she gets a phone, there's a picture of Stan, the lizard, and says, actual lizard, and Bronwyn starts laughing. And Maeve's like, ooh, private jokes. You're so into him. She is, though. Cooper, Saturday, October 6th, 9.20 p.m. Cooper goes to that party, and Jake's super drunk. And Jake's, like, acting all mad at Cooper or whatever because he's like, it's not like, oh, you've been defending my girlfriend to everyone. Actually, you have been. Ex-girlfriend, whatever. Anyways, so Cooper said that she made a stupid mistake or whatever, and Jake's like, it wasn't a mistake. Cheating's a choice. And then Jake goes on to say that his mom cheated on his dad in junior high and it screwed up the whole family. And Cooper points out that... Jake's parents are still together, and so, like, the dad apparently forgave the mom. And Jake's like, nothing was ever the same after that. So, anyways, whatever. So, another friend comes up and tells Cooper that, like, they all got invited by Simon's mom to go to Simon's house and grab something to remember him by while the parents are packing stuff up, which is super creepy since, like, none of them are really friends. And then Jake's like, Simon was freaking brilliant stupid so anyways so then like some girl of this group oh yeah cooper was not invited to this clearly so like then some girl comes over and says that cooper is featured on the bay view blade which i'm assuming is like their newspaper page 161 so like this is just her uh, like description of what's written on this so it just says sunday's edition online tonight all about simon they're not dot 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 accusing you exactly but the four of you are named as persons of interest and they mentioned that stuff simon was gonna post about you there are pictures of all of you and um it's been shared a few hundred times already so it's out there now i guess is what she says her name's olivia not important chapter 15 nate monday october 8th to something it's either 220 or 252 because it says two. 520. Sorry. <laughs> so there's news crews all news crews all over the school and Nate offers to drive Bronwyn on these back roads like through the woods on his bike and then Maeve can pick them up at the mall. When they get to the mall there's like this kiss situation like they're in position but then there's a distraction the moment passes before either of them can make a move whatever. So they're waiting for Maeve and talking and Bronwyn's worried that Nate doesn't have a lawyer and she tells him about this like pro bono legal group and Nate's basically furious for no reason because he doesn't need Bronwyn saving him and making him her project. Whatever. So they're like super mad at each other. It's very unreasonable and annoying and Maeve shows up. So Nate like storms off chip on your shoulder much dude. But anyways... I really don't like this, but Bronwyn like runs up to him and hugs him and kisses him on the cheek. And she's like, you were right. And I have a bunch of question marks like how by being a whiny baby and not accepting help is he right? But anyways, she's like, I should have mind my own business and don't be mad. And he's like, I'm not mad. And the whole situation's pathetic. Speaking of pathetic, Addie, Tuesday, October 9th, 8.45 a.m. Addie talks about how the news got pictures of her and Cooper from the day before. And she talks about how all this doesn't really bother her because she's like getting used to everyone staring at her and stuff. 
So she goes to the bathroom thinking her period's going to start, but then she's like, false alarm. And I have maybe baby. And I like literally don't remember if she's pregnant or not. That was just like red flag to me when I was reading it. So she hears Janae crying in the stall, like one of the stalls or whatever, and decides to talk to her. And it's super weird. But basically, Addie's like, I'm sorry about Simon and says Janae could talk to her or eat lunch with her sometimes she wants. And then Addie also admits that she's been writing the coattails of Jake's popularity and she like never really was popular. This part's annoying to me, but like Addie's upset that Cooper tries to eat lunch with her. She doesn't like that other people are mad at him for it. And, and like she seems, she like acts like it's unreasonable, but then she's more than willing to go sit with Bronwyn when she invites Addie to sit at the table. It's stupid. But anyways, okay, so here we go. So throughout the book, Addie talks about her long, beautiful hair. And that's like the one thing Jake liked about her and like everyone's envious of her, blah, blah, blah. So she goes to Supercuts and she asks them to cut it all off. And this is super dramatic and would never happen in real life. Like I'm just telling you this right now. The hairdresser and manager comes over to talk her out of a haircut. Like why? People literally shave their heads like every day. Who cares? So Addie just grabs a pair of scissors and chops it off above her ear and is like, fix it. This would literally never happen. Chapter 16, Bronwyn, Friday, October 12th, 7.45 p.m. We find the title of the book. You know I love that. Been a couple books since that happened. So anyways, there's an investigative TV show that wants to interview them. And Bronwyn says... That the four of them all said they were refusing to talk to them unless one of us is lying, dot, dot, dot. So Maeve's going through the threads that Simon was posting on and there's one about a school shooting and the comments are like praising this shooter for killing seven students and a teacher before turning the gun on themselves. Like, and Simon had commented on this and Maeve says she needs to read more of it, but like this is foreshadowing. So that show airs. Typical four students, all feature, blah, 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 motive, blah, 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 all things I've summarized a thousand times. So then they interviewed this lawyer, but it's like not any of their lawyers. It's just like a lawyer and his name's Eli. So he points out the obvious and he's like, there's other people that have motive to kill Simon. Why are the police only focused on the four of them? Also, the police obviously don't have anything substantial or they've been moving forward the case. Eli also says that someone else could have access the about that admin panel and change things or viewed them before Simon's death and Maeve just like smirks at this because obviously she just broke into it so then later Bronwyn's talking to Nate and she says she's gonna call Eli and pick his brain basically that next week but it's not about you Nate so don't get freaking mad so then they also talk about her coming over to finish the movie obvious reasons bad idea like blah 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 so then Bronwyn says that she knows him well enough that watching a movie might mean not watching a movie if you know what I mean so she says that he would definitely or no he says sorry Nate says that he would definitely be into something like that if she was but that's not why he invites her over after midnight he really invites her over late because he doesn't want her to be able to see his rundown house and his super drunk dad they basically end the conversation saying they'll work something out. Stupid. Who cares? Cooper, Saturday, October 13th, 4.35 p.m. Cooper breaks up with Keely. I know that seems like really random, but he does. And it's awesome. So he tells us, the reader, that she's just not for him. And he doesn't want to drag her through this whole investigation, knowing that he doesn't even like her like that. So she wants an explanation, but he doesn't really give her one. He's just like... It says he talks about another Tumblr entry, page 183. What's that about? Is this like in the middle of it? 
Oh, it just says like, she says, I don't believe any of that awful Tumblr stuff. And then like he says to us, there was another post this morning. So the McHale Powers investigates. So that's like the TV show that aired. Thight has thousands of comments about the Bayview 4. Kind of a dull name, by the way. Would have expected better from a top ranked news magazine. Some rail about how spoiled and entitled kids are today and how this is another example of that. It's a great story. Four good-looking high-profile students all being investigated for murder. Nobody's what they seem. The pressure's on now, Bayview police. Maybe you should be looking a little closer at Simon's old patron entries. I don't know why I said it like that. You might find some interesting hints about the Bayview 4. Just saying. So anyways... Back to the awkward breakup. Keely's being like a little unfair in my opinion, but maybe it's because I already know like the plot twist with this whole situation. So anyways, she's like, you don't even care about me and you never had and you don't get jealous or anything. Like, okay, he's mature, but whatever. So then she's like, at the end of junior year, I hooked up with Nate. It was mostly kissing and we weren't dating yet. And you asked me out like a few weeks later and then I stopped doing anything with anyone else. And I'm like, I'm confused. Why would he even care about that? Like, it wasn't overlapping. He literally asked her, like, so you were, like, hooking up with us at the same time? And then she just, like, loses it. And she's like, it's all a big lie about me and your fastball. And he's like, I did not use steroids. Even though, by the way, that's annoying to me because at the, like, literally the beginning of the chapter, she said she believed him about everything. So anyways, she's like, well, at least you're passionate about something. And I'm like, uh, yeah, he is. Baseball's his future and you're his past, girl. Sorry, not sorry. So he tells us that he got tested for steroids after all this came out, but like they leave your system so he can't like completely dodge the accusations. Also, are we not worried about a murder accusation? Because I feel like that's a little worse than using steroids. So anyways, Cooper leaves her house, but he does feel bad that he couldn't give her what she wanted and she deserved better. Did she, though? Because she's acting like a brat. And it gets worse. We don't know that yet. I'll fill you in in a minute. So chapter 17, Addie, Monday, October 15th, 12.15 p.m. Nothing super notable. Great. Addie's friends are a-holes. <laughs> Keely, okay, right here. So Keely already moved on to the guy who catches for Cooper. Like, he's already, she's already dating someone else. And he broke up with his girlfriend for her. So, like, she's all mad about it. And then she dates his friend. Anyways. In science class, Addie gets paired with TJ. He basically says he likes her new haircut and he thought she was funny and he was surprised that she was so passive with Jake and she never realized that he enjoyed her for more than just their physical interaction. But who cares? Like stating the obvious. So she leaves class and Jake, the snake, appears. <laughs> so he hasn't talked to her in two weeks and he's like, uh oh, uh, things are getting pretty intense. Do you want to talk about it sometime? And I hope all of you out there listening right now are audibly screaming no, like I am. But of course, pathetic Addie is like, oh my God, yes, I've been dreaming of this moment forever. She just says, yeah, but that's what she's saying in her head. So then he's like, I can't get over your haircut. You don't even seem like yourself. And since she got called out by TJ like five seconds earlier for always agreeing with Jake, she's like, instead of saying I know, she says, I am. Like, you want a cookie? You still agree to meet with him. Like, I don't care just i'm over it nate monday october 15th 3 15 p.m bronwyn and nate are hanging out this like make out point or whatever in the woods and she called eli that lawyer and he thinks the police should be looking at the science teacher and the other students with motive duh also he thinks the timing of the car accident was suspect because it like distracted all of them and then like someone could have snuck in and poured the peanut oil well everyone's looking out the window 
That would be so difficult to do, though. So all this literally irritates Nate for no reason. Then Bronwyn is convinced it wasn't any of the four of them that were in attention. They flirt, whatever. It leads to them finally making out. But then they're interrupted by texts from Maeve. And the police want Bronwyn to come into the station for some follow-up questions. Oh, okay. This is crazy. So they go to Nate's house to wait for Maeve to pick up Bronwyn. And there's someone at his door. And they're like kind of dodging it because they think it's a reporter. But it's not. It's Nate's mom. He's like, what's up, mom? Okay. Chapter 18, Bronwyn, Monday, October 15th, 4, 10 p.m. Bronwyn's shocked about Nate's mom because she thought she was dead. Uh, We know she like went off that commune or whatever. And Bronwyn's like not sure if Nate lied about the death or like really didn't know. But we know, obviously. So she leaves to go to the police station. So the plot line with the mom will be on next episode because it's like the final chapter. So she gets to the police station and they say that Simon had companion website for about that with longer posts like more like blog posts they kind of talked about that i think i talked about that in the first episode so anyways 18 months ago he wrote this page 202 okie dokie news flash lv's end of the year party isn't a charity event just so we're clear you'd be accused for thinking so though with frosh attendance at an all-time high regular readers and if you're not one what the hell is wrong with you no i try to cut the kids some slack Children are our future and all that, but let me do a little PSA for one new and fleeting, I'm gonna guess, arrival to our social scene, MR. So this is Maeve, who doesn't seem to realize SC is out of her league, someone we don't know. He's not in the market for a puppy, kid. Stop with the falling, it's pathetic. And guys, don't give me the poor little thing had cancer crap, not anymore. M can put on her big girl panties like anyone else and learn a few basic rules. One. Varsity basketball players with cheerleader girlfriends are off the market. I shouldn't have to explain this, but apparently I do. Two, two beers are too many when you're a lightweight because it leads to three, the worst display of awkward kitchen table dancing I've ever seen. Seriously, M, never again. Four, if that one beer makes you throw up, try not to do it in your host washing machine. That's just rude. Let's car to the door from now on, okay, LV? At first it's funny, but then it's just sad. So apparently there's like still comments, even though Simon took down this post and there's one attached to Bronwyn's email, which she admits to us that she wrote, but the lawyer valid points like anyone can put down anyone else's email. But anyways, the comment said F off and die Simon. So motive. <laughs> Addie, Monday, October 15th, 4.15 PM. Addie goes over to talk to Jake. Big mistake. So he asked about like how the investigation's going. And Addie doesn't really tell him anything because she's like, it's not his freaking business anymore. And he just says, like, he keeps getting calls from, from reporters and he's sick of it. So, like, who's calling him, by the way? Anyways, Addie mentioned that they want to look into Simon more because there would be other people with motive. And about that was cruel. And she asked if Simon liked to be feared by people. And Jake snaps at her and is like saying that she shouldn't blame the victim in all this. And if people like Addie didn't do shady stuff, Simon wouldn't even have anything to write about, which he said that before. So then she's basically like, are you ever going to forgive me or what? And he's like, how could I? You cheated and lied about it. And we know. So she's like, it was a mistake. And you always made me feel like I wasn't good enough. And I guess I proved it. Like, honestly, I don't know how I feel about all this because it's not an excuse to cheat. Like, he was trash. He was horrible. But she could have just broken up with him. Like, I don't know. 
and I think I like obviously it's valid to be mad that your girlfriend cheat on you but he's also like super over mad about it I don't know why call her to your house anyways Addie's all empowered now and it's all like I don't have to deal with this anymore and so she just like leaves and she feels free the biggest of who cares Cooper, Monday, October 15th, 4.20 p.m. I've been waiting for two-thirds of the books to talk about this. Oh, my gosh. So Cooper's at the gym with his friend, and the news is all over him. So his friend's like, let's switch cars and clothes, and then the news will think I'm you, and you can leave in my truck or Jeep or whatever, and they won't know. This is pretty nice coming from the guy who's now dating Keely, by the way. This is the catcher, so whatever. Cooper doesn't care. So this plan works and Cooper ends up downtown somewhere. I don't even know. I think they live in California. I have no idea. So anyways, he goes to an apartment and knocks on the door and the guy, Chris with a K from the lunch phone call answers. And Cooper's like, I had to get out of my house and we should probably talk about the Simon thing, right? And Chris is like, later. And they start making out. Cooper is gay and I am so here for it. That was his secret the whole time. And that's why he's not into Keely. End of section two, lingering questions. So like, obviously I know the answer to all this, but like obvious lingering questions. What's up with the car accident? Could it be a coincidence? How would you even plan the timing for that? Because it's insane. Why is Jake the way he is? Like, get over it. Same with Keely. Why is she the way she is? Why am I defending the cheaters in this book though? Like also I have so many mixed feelings. And then like a super obvious what's going on with Nate's mom. Why is she back? Assuming she's seen the news, but still. So in closing, thanks for listening and being patient for an extra day for me to post this. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook at the Jolly Reader Podcast. Subscribe so you get notifications for when new episodes are posted. If you're on Apple, please leave a review because it helps other crewmates find this podcast. Share with whoever, whenever, much appreciated. And if you like secondhand embarrassment, stay tuned for the outtakes. Talk to you next week for part three, the final section of One of Us is Lying. Until we sail again, this has been the Jolly Reader. Bon voyage. Hey, made it to the outtakes. Let's do it. Testing. My life has been a hot mess. For the holiday weekend, so we had an extra day out. Like my husband had an extra day off work. And then I don't think this is recording loud enough. Turn this up. Okay. And then, oh, that's better. Um, We just like found out some crazy stuff. And now as we speak, I'm pretty sure me and my husband both have food poisoning. So probably going to be a lot of breaks for the bathroom. I'm going to check this now. Bonus mic check because this volume, recording volume is kind of weird. Okay, if I talk in this normal volume, is this too loud or is it too quiet? We don't know because sometimes when it's too quiet, it edits out the end of my sentences. So maybe if I talk like this, oh, that went really loud though. Maybe I can be back a little. This is going to be... I need an in-between setting, and you guys don't care about this. That's why it's in the outtakes. Okay, I'm going to try to... Oh, no, that's too loud. Okay, I'm going to try to record for real now. Bye. So the lawyer suggests something. Where am I at? Bronwyn <laughs> uh, pulls out her phone. There's a spider on my wall. Hey, you, stop it. <clears throat> so anyways, it's Chris. That was horrible. I don't even know. I don't even know how to say it in, with a German accent. So anyways, I apologize for myself. <laughs> Sorry, everybody. So anyways.
Ah. I'm trying to organize my water here. Okay. I am Allie, and you are listening to my mom. With everything you have on your plate, earning your degree online seems impossible. But at Grand Canyon University, we specialize in helping you fit a master's degree in education into your busy day. Your graduation team, led by your own GCU counselor, provides you with the personal support you need to succeed. Achieve your goals with a plan and team behind you. Find your purpose at Grand Canyon University. Visit gcu.edu.